0: 45 years old right now. And I have a five month old, right? Oh so my goodness. I'm, I'm a really old, I'm an old, I'm not saying I'm old, but I'm, we'll a, say old. I'm, an, yeah. I'm an old first time mom. I mean, let's be okay. real, right? Yeah. Like baby okay. making should be left to like folks that are a little bit younger. That's, sure. that's not how it worked. That's not how it worked out in my life. And when we're doing great, 45 is the new 35. Um,
1: Welcome to Resilient Moms Hope, Healing, and Living After Loss Podcast. My name is Teresa Reiniger and I am a Mindset and Grief Transformation Coach. I'm here to hold space for grieving moms to find support and resources to navigate the grief of infertility, pregnancy, or childhood loss. You will hear heartfelt conversations where practical strategies of healing will be shared inspiration encouragement to guide you to find purpose from your pain. Thank you for joining me. I encourage you to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode and connect with me on social media. Now take a deep breath to feel safe, lean in, open your heart, and find strength in the stories shared. Together, let's explore the power of hope, healing, and living after loss.
2: Hi, Maya. Welcome to the podcast. I'm super glad that we've gotten this opportunity to talk a little bit um, about what you do to help people that are in my community, the those that are struggling with infertility, loss, and um, just all of those kind of things. So welcome and thanks for for spending some time with me today thank you for having me i'm so excited to be here yes we this is our first time meeting so i'm excited don't really know a whole lot about you i did ask uh, stalk you a little bit to see like what you do and those kind of things but that's it this is our first time meeting so i'm excited to hear how you can help the community and, and what you've done already within this community that I serve, and sounds like you serve as well. But before we get into that, if you can share with my audience, who is this beautiful woman that I am seeing for the very first time?
0: Who is Maya? Um, well, thank you so much for having me again. I'm excited to spend a little bit of time with you. Um, I think what's top of mind for me right now is that I'm a mother and I'm a wife. I just had, a, my son, Noah, uh, five months ago, he just oh, turned boy. five months on Saturday. So I've got this little nugget at home and I'm, you know, firmly in that, um, in that postpartum, um, period. Um, and I never, if you would have, gosh, if you would have asked me even 10 years ago, if I would identify as a mother, I didn't really plan on having kids. It wasn't something that Mm. was like on my heart. But when I met my husband, who's probably like the most amazing person I've ever met, I realized that I wanted to create like little mini me's um, of him. (laughs) And so um, I really do identify very much as a mother and as a wife. It's that's kind of like, my world has gotten very small and I'm very big all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, and before I identified as a mother and a, and a wife, um, I'm kind of a health nerd. Um, I struggled with a lot of, um, chronic conditions, autoimmune disease, um, mercury toxicity, uh, mold poisoning, um, Mm -hmm. all sorts of like things that I was like, wait, what's going on? Like, why should be like, I'm young, I'm healthy, quote unquote healthy, um, what's going on. And, and during that time, I tried to work with doctors, doctors weren't able to help me. It was a lot of, Oh, this is just part of being a woman. This is just a part of getting older. Um, and (laughs) I love
2: that. Right. (laughs) Getting older.
0: (laughs) <laughs> completely completely not was totally unheard by my by my by the medical community that is supposed to help me and mm-hmm. so i mean it was just name it blame it medicate it and the the meds that they put me on weren't helping Sure. So I really took it upon myself to learn about functional medicine and functional nutrition. Um, I am now a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner say that 10 awesome. times fast. That's no. a mouthful. Um, <laughs> but it's just a it's just a fancy way of saying that I run clinical labs on my clients who have a whole host of um, symptoms. Um, mm-hmm. insomnia, weight gain, um, psoriasis, uh, anxiety, depression, all of these things that their doctors mm-hmm. are like, we don't know what's going on. Um, but I run very, very specialized clinical labs, blood, hair, stool, urine samples, um, and I use those clinical labs to figure out why, like, what systems in the body are causing those symptoms, mm-hmm. and then I create tailored bio-individual protocols to reverse those symptoms for my clients once and for all. And um, recently, I don't know if it's because I'm, you know, I went through a, a fertility journey and an IVF journey, and I'm, I'm a new mom, but all of a sudden. I'm being booked on fertility podcasts. (laughs) Um, and so I'm actually working with, um, with fertility clients now as well. Um, and it's just been the best work ever. It's so incredibly rewarding. So that's who I am. Yay. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, I love that you shared all
2: that because We have had guests on before, and I am very familiar and very um, in tune to how important nutrition is. Um, I am someone that, let's get to the root of what this is. I'm not disking at all the medical profession, uh, professionals, but I do know there's a lot of times we need to dig to the root and not um, cover up or, or just treat symptoms. Um, I do that in what the work that I do as a grief coach, I really want to get to the root of what's causing um, the emotions that they're experiencing. So it kind of goes hand in hand with what you do as well.
0: Um, Get to the root of it. Let's
2: figure it out. Root cause
0: analysis is, is always, is always the issue. And it's, you know, in my line of work, it's like, Oftentimes, with especially with fertility, it's like, oh, hormones are off. Well, why are hormones off? Yeah. Do you have no progesterone because you are burning through all your progesterone in an attempt to make yeah. cortisol because you have such high levels of stress in your life? Well, if that mm-hmm. is yes, then then we need to fix the stress, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that um, you know, nutrition is one of the is one of the tools that I use, um, mm-hmm. but really mm-hmm. in my toolbox, it's so it's food, rest energy, so energy in, energy out, smart supplementation and stress reduction. Um, So those are kind of the tools um, all built on top of identity work. So mm-hmm. identity work is like who am I being? Who do I need to be in order to do the things mm-hmm. I need to do in order to have the things that I want to have in my life? So a lot of times people are like, "Give me the meal plan. What supplements do I need to take?" It's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're focused <laughs> oh, on the on. we're focused on the doing. Let's back it up a little bit and really focus on like the identity work. So I do a lot of like brain science identity work, you know, kind of wrapped around with like nutrition, stress reduction, mm-hmm. um, and a little bit of like life coaching as well because. My clients are oftentimes very busy, kind of high-performing individuals, uh-huh. um, and I, you need to deal with that kind of a client um, just differently than than somebody else. So yeah. Um, so yeah, root cause, yay, for the win. Yay, get to it.
2: <laughs> get to that. And I love that. I'm the kind of person like, yeah, just give me the supplements, give me the meal plan, let's just go with it. I'm a very structured kind of person like that, and I know... I can go with that, but I need to know why, why I'm doing that. What's the root? Let's just yeah. not, uh, let's dig deep to figure that out. And then I'm very structured. Like, okay, I can do that. Just sounds like we're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like why do I do that? So let's go back just a little bit. And I want to, because obviously, you know, you, you probably had you were sick and you went through this to, to help yourself. But I want to, Talk a little bit more specific because you said you went through an infertility journey yourself. Share with us that um, journey that you went through.
0: Yeah, well, I'm 45 years old right now and I have a five month old, right? Oh so my I'm I'm a really old. I'm an old I'm not saying I'm old, but I'm say old, old. I'm an yeah. I'm an old first-time mom. I mean, let's be okay. real, right? Like yep. baby okay. making should be left to like folks that are a little bit younger. That's sure. not how it that's not how it worked out in my life and when we're doing great. 45 is the new 35. Um uh I but, love
2: that you're an an older mom. I yeah, love that. I mean, that. there's I love there's that there's, there's, there's possibilities. There's,
0: There's pros and cons of, of that, but I want to also let people know that like, it's absolutely possible. Um, you know, I met my husband in my, uh, well, I met him early on, very early on in my life, but we kind of got married, um, in my late thirties and I wanted to give it like, you know, a year or two, maybe three before we, you know, started having children. Uh, but, you know, what do they say? You make plans and God laughs or something like you plan. God laughs. I'm, you know, the, the net net is like my entire life exploded. I lost my dad. I almost lost my mother. I lost the business that my dad and I were working on together. And during that time, it was incredibly stressful. I mean, acute you know, I'm talking about like hour long panic attacks. I mean, it was like rolling mm. panic attacks. It was a very, very difficult time in my life. And, mm. um, and prior to that, I had a friend who said, Hey, you're a little bit older, you know, your husband's company, he, it pays for the IVF. Just do it. You, you're just, you'd be dumb not to do it just as an insurance policy. And mm. in my head, I was like, I'm not going to have a hard time getting pregnant. You know, I, 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 I didn't, I, I didn't have any of the typical like fertility issues, sure. you know, when, when this, when this all started and, and so, but then gosh, you know, th- for about, it took about three years, two, three years to like two years, I would say to like handle the grief around all of that, all of that loss. um And then COVID hit. So now we're looking mm. at five years really of like okay well i'm not going to get pregnant you know where they're not allowing husbands in the the room to give birth with their, with the, with to support the wife. Right. So I was like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. So now I'm, you know, in, now I'm, I'm, for, I'm about 43, 343. Um, and I get pregnant on my own. Um, mm-hmm. well, not on my own. My husband helped, but naturally, <laughs> kind of the old fashioned way, <laughs> uh, without, without an IVF uh, doctor. way. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I got pregnant on Valentine's Day. Um, gosh, it was probably like two, three years ago now. Two years ago, it was towards the, you know, um, in the kind of in the middle of COVID, and, um, and I was so excited. I immediately knew that I was pregnant with a little girl. Um, I was having these like very connected, almost like spiritual conversations with her. Um, in the kind of the morning hours that where you're kind of that twilighty. You're not awake, Mm -hmm. you're not asleep, kind of in between. Um, I told so many people, like a lot of the people that I care about, I told them right away. Mm -hmm. um, Because in my head, if I was to lose the pregnancy, those were the same people that I would tell about anyway. And we were so excited to like bring this little human into the world. And um, six short weeks later, I woke up and I was miscarrying. Um, mm-hmm. And so, obviously, that was that was devastating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that moment, uh, and I think this is maybe will inform you on maybe how I handle or don't handle grief. But in that moment, I was like, "All right, we've got these embryos. I'm ready to go. We're mm-hmm. just gonna throw. We're gonna throw an embryo in. I'm gonna. We're gonna bring in a baby." And um, my HCG levels would not go down for like months Mm. and months. And you can't implant without those levels being essentially to zero. Um, and it was my body telling me that you are not ready. You Mm. still have some more work to do both on like the processing of like the grief. Mm Um, and, um, you know, this little, like this little spirit told me that her name was Caroline. So like mm-hmm. we had already picked out, like I literally heard her name um, mm-hmm. and we were talking to her and I, I think that I just wanted to like move on and, you know, keep it moving. Um, and then on the physical side where my body is obviously not ready to, um, maybe it was ready to get pregnant and that's great. You know, that Mm -hmm. I was able to reduce stress enough, but I still had more work to do in order to be able to stay pregnant. And so I, you know, I decided to listen to that. Um, and, and we, I did another like six to eight weeks or six to eight months of work around, um, all sorts of things. We can get into that if you want later, but um, so that I could not only get pregnant, but I wanted to be able to stay pregnant. And mm-hmm. I wanted to have a healthy postpartum. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like every woman that you talk to now is suffering from postpartum depression or their child is sick, right? Uh, Uh, Mm -hmm. allergies, ADD, autism, you know, all these things. And it's like, well, why is all of this happening? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that that none of those things happened to me. I did not want that to be a part of my story if I could prevent it. And a lot of those things are preventable.
2: Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I would totally agree with that. And kind of um, we have kind of already have alluded to that. You know, I think when our nutrition and our health is in line, um, the pregnancy can be much better um, the postpartum can be much better. And you're right. And I think um, the postpartum, you know, with women is, is um, getting more and more difficult um, that there's more of the postpartum depression and stuff. And I think a lot of it is, you know, I, I'm going to say part of it is we're kind of coming out of COVID. That's a piece of it. But more so, it's just how we are, how our bodies are, are how healthy they are. It's interesting that you said that you immediately wanted to be like, you had this in your mind now that you're pregnant and you're going to have a child and now it's like, get to it, let's just do it. I lost that one, which was difficult, I'm sure. Um, and I think that is pretty typical because once we make a decision and we're ready to have a child, it's like, okay, we can't stop and process what I know is the grief that go, is attached to that. So we don't process that we push it away and we move on let's let's just get through this let's just do this and and i don't really
0: like how i said that but that's really what it is it's like well we that's really go, kind of go, how i go, saw let's it. let's go yeah no, let, let's go we're yeah. not gonna we're yeah. gonna keep we're gonna keep this yeah. moving like, we're not gonna acknowledge that like right it happened we're gonna put it in a little box over yeah. here and we're gonna mm-hmm. focus mm-hmm. on the future and mm-hmm. um i think a certain type of person like a the type a you know high achiever mm-hmm. that's going to be the yep. default kind of um yeah. ml
2: yeah and even those women um that maybe don't even become pregnant like they're really Um, have the struggles with infertility, like they'll do an IVF round and it doesn't work and they do another IVF round and it doesn't work, or they become pregnant and they lose that child very quickly. Is there, what I know is there is grief with every one of those cycles, every one of those situations. And like you said, what happens is we put it in a box and we put it over here. And I know that that box is going to explode. For sure it's not going to stay closed, it's going to explode. And so it's so important. And I'm glad that your body said, you need to deal with this, we need to work on this. And that's yeah. great. And so you're very in tune to your body, your body is very in tune to you, because a lot of women that doesn't happen, and they just force themselves through the next step. Um, you yeah. don't process that great. So I'm well, glad I that think- your body was like, Nope, Girl, you're going to, you're going to deal with this
0: a little bit. Yeah. And had I, had I not had those HCG levels, you know, Mm -hmm. I probably would have, we only had had three genetically tested embryos and I probably would have burned through them. Um, and so, you know, because like you have to put the embryo into, you know, a, a container your body. And when you're dealing with stress and inflammation and cortisol surges and all of those things, um, you know, you're not going to be able to, um, stay, get either get pregnant or stay pregnant because the body is like this brilliant, um, tech it's the, it's the most brilliant technology in the world. And it has a way of protecting itself from itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for example, when, um, a lot of the clients that I work with have kind of prolonged acute trauma, stress, maybe trauma from childhood, um, mm-hmm oftentimes they have something called a calcium shell. Um, And Mm -hmm. a calcium shell is essentially, um, your body is trying to protect itself from the cortisol, cortisol is the stress hormone. It's, it's a stress response. It's very, it's great in short, um, in, in small quantities and for short periods of time, but it's a catabolic hormone. So it breaks you down at a cellular level. It causes massive amounts of inflammation and, um, it enhances certain things in the short term. Think, I'm trying to get away from a saber tooth tiger. So mm-hmm. um, blood flow to big muscle movers, um, the ability to be able to, to breathe, your pupils dilate, you know, your hearing um mm-hmm. becomes better. Um, but it it kind of um uh, de- deprioritizes things that are necessary for long-term survival, um, uh, mm-hmm. DNA creation, tissue repair, um, digestion and fertility, because it doesn't matter if you can get pregnant, if the saber tooth tiger eats you, it doesn't matter if you can deal with the cancer cells in your body, if the saber tooth tiger eats you. And so what we're trying to do is take all things offline that are responsible for long-term survival. And we're trying to enhance and kind of put all the things online for short-term survival. And so, you know, you have to be able to um, deal with, with, with that stress. And the way that the body does that sometimes when you have these periods of kind of prolonged acute stress is that your body will literally take calcium from your teeth and your bones Mm -hmm. and start calcifying every single cell in your body, which now means cortisol can't get in there. But do you want to know what else can't get in there? Thyroid stimulating hormone um, magnesium can't get and stay in the cell. You have zero cell permeability, um, and cell permeability is very, very important. Um, yeah. and so oftentimes, right. Our bodies have our body just has this, like, you know, um, you know, people with this calcium shell oftentimes have really low vitamin D levels as well because of vitamin D, um, um, essentially helps increase calcium and your calcium's already really high. So your body's like, Oh, I don't need that vitamin D. So mm. your body has a really amazing way of taking care of itself. We just need mm-hmm. to listen to it, which is easier said and done <laughs> than in, in kind of this modern environment that we live in.
2: Sure. Sure. You are a wealth of knowledge. And I love that. I love to that you uh, talked about the saber tooth. Uh, tiger, the fight or flight, all of that, because I know with, with grief, because that's what I know. And I know also with infertility and loss, um, there we're in that as, as women, we won't allow ourselves to go out of it. And I think a lot of times we just don't know how we don't know how to get out of that. And so with me, especially with, with grief, it's like just those coping skills to be able to get out of that um, high um, um, cortisone level and that high uh, fight or flight is, is not easy to do, especially in grief, but there are definitely techniques and ways to do that. So I think we, we both know how beneficial it is to bring that down to um, yeah. a manageable, healthy level.
0: It's, it's really important. Look, the body can't tell the difference. Um, in, in my practice, I always talk about the three different kinds of stress. Um, and there are physical stressors. So that's kind of the very first category. And that would be like a pregnancy is a physical stressor or a car accident. You break your, you break your leg, or, um, I was a former division one athlete and working out really hard for long periods of time.
2: Mm.
0: Okay. So then you've got biochemical stressors. So that might be, um, over the counter meds. It might be antibiotic use. It might be lack of sleep. It may be glyphosate exposure, which we all have, we all have PS It's it's in our water, um, exposure to toxins, to, um, and endocrine disruptors, like all these things. So that's that second category. And then that third category are, I call them emotional stressors. My partner's a jerk. I have a stressful day at work. I've lost a baby. Um, those are all emotional stressors, but the body, um, the fight or flight, um, um, that, that, that part of the nervous system is it's very primal and it can't differentiate. Well, like, Oh, this, this kind of stress is different than this kind of stress. Mm. It literally it's, you're either in fight or flight or you're in rest and digest, mm. um, and there is nothing in between. It's a very binary system. You're either on or you're off, and um, and so your body really can't tell the difference between all of those stressors. Um, it can't tell the difference between constant emails and like work stress and the stress of of losing, you know, a child, which arguably are you know that it's, it's it's very they're very different they're very different kinds yes. of stressors. But the body, the body can't tell. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad that you, you shared all that
2: because it's all really, really good information for the, um, for the listeners, especially if they are dealing with any of those things, you know, losses, infertility, you know, and the grief that goes along with that. If they want to have that healthy baby, if they want to hold a pregnancy, those are all good things. So if, if you would share, a little bit about um, maybe a little more about how you processed your grief and maybe even with your clients that are struggling. Like there's grief. I I feel there's grief in many, many, many ways. Like all the losses, the pregnancy losses and and infertility, there's grief with that. But I believe there's grief and just not even knowing or knowing that we're not healthy as a person. Um, yeah. losing well, our identity of what we can be and, and just our function. Um, so t- if you would, if you would talk to talk about that a little bit, what your thought is on that.
0: So how I processed it. I mean, I talked yeah. about it a lot. Um, Perfect. So for me, if I'm not talking about it, I'm not, I, I'm, a, I'm a, I have to speak things out. I have to speak I, if, if I'm You're thinking like, of moving, moving to Idaho, I'll start telling people, I think I might move to Idaho. Yeah. And I have to like, I have to like try things on for size. And mm-hmm. then I observe how I feel in my body when I say whatever it is that I'm saying that I'm kind of like trying on for size. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, I have, um, a really amazing support network of like sure. just beautiful friends, um, where I was able to, um, have a safe safe space of, of talking about this. I know that a lot of women feel like they can't talk about their loss. Um, mm. I don't know what that is like, because I have always felt like the more that I talk about either loss or trauma or whatever it is that I'm going through in my life, the more I'm able to just like get it out of my body. Um, and then at a certain point I need to stop talking about it because then I think you're kind of at a certain point, you're just like, um, making those kind of like, those neural pathways like deeper and deeper and deeper, like at a certain point you need to like, you need to process it. And then you, we need to like, we, we do need to move on at at a certain point. I don't think it's Mm -hmm. very healthy to like constantly be revisiting trauma. Um, um, and so for me, it was talking a lot. I got a lot of massage. I did a lot of breath work. I did a lot of I I really believe in uh, in a lot of autonomic or right like uh, work where, where it's like a uh, cold plunge therapy hot plunge therapy um I did a lot of infrared <laughs> sauna I did meditation classes sound baths um you know just crying it out with girlfriends and um I feel like I was able to move from like the potential of what this life could have been to like honoring that you know, her short life on this earth and, um, and seeing actually like the beauty in what I was able to experience. Um, my pregnancy with Caroline was very different than my pregnancy with Noah, who is like here with us today in the real world. Um, I didn't feel that sense of like connection with Noah in utero. Um, and I feel so grateful to Mm. have had those like six, seven weeks with Caroline and, um I now I know this may sound bizarre or weird um but I am at a place in my grief where I just feel so honored and blessed to have had the right. time that I did with her um and I've been able to kind of like I still think about her and there's like this one song that reminds me of her and mm-hmm. you know I still talk about her with my husband every once in a while and we still kind of like honor her presence and like I believe that her spirit was like here to teach me a lesson and we were here to like see each other and and be with each other and and we did that now I can focus on like the beauty of that as opposed to um the loss
2: yeah no I I love that That's perfect um to me that is a healthy way um for sure of breathing um it is a loss but if when you can find those signs and those things the beauty within it it's what I will say is beautiful magical um and they're there And like you said, talking about it um, and processing that so that you can move forward is significant. Um, Instead of revisiting the the actual um, trauma, the difficult part of it, um, the the actual miscarriage itself or or those treatments, if it's infertility is there there. We definitely, as a society, sometimes we want to rush people too quickly to move forward. There's a there's a good space there. They need we need to, we need to allow people to talk about it and take time for it, yeah. um, and give them the space that they need, the timing they need to move forward yeah. in it, well, and not there- do it in two or three
0: days. Like, yeah. There's a there's an amazing like, book called the body keeps <laughs> the body keeps. The Soul. I mean, I'm sure you've talked about it a million times on your podcast, but yeah. like literally trauma lives in your body. And so yeah. like, it, you you need to like work through this. You can't go over it around it under it. You need to work through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. really what I was able to do. And, <clears throat> you know, there were times where like, I would be getting ready and I would tear up and my husband would be like, what's going on. And I would, you know, I would just tell him. And so, yeah. Um, I feel like I I was very lucky to have had the space to like process all of that sure. um and to be able to kind of like move move through it um mm-hmm. as opposed to how I probably initially wanted to just forget about it, put we it in the tell. room yeah. or just like leave it on the side <laughs> of the, the road box. and keep on going and then hit, <laughs> yeah. you know, put the pedal to the metal. So yeah. Yeah. So good. I'm
2: glad that um your body said, Hey, take some time here take some time here to really process this I love to some of the suggestions that you gave which were key um, I was just talking to someone yesterday about um, you know just the anger that this person was feeling with the grief and um, just I know myself and it's just so good for the body that cold shower or that hot shower to a cold shower. <laughs> And I mean, that's something that I do every day. And I just think it's so beneficial for the body, that little almost like fight or flight, like, you know, shock to the system to really sift um, what your system is doing. And you could probably speak more medically sort of to that, professional to that. I just know um, that it's just very beneficial for my body,
0: especially well, for when- me in the morning you need I love a love it. You, yeah. You need a change of, you need to change oftentimes with anxiety and depression, whether it's mm-hmm. attached to infertility or, you know, or any or grief or loss. I mean, loss can come in so many different kinds of packages, but sometimes right. you need a physical change of perspective. Yeah. Um, if you can, and this is, I mean, in this country, we're so quick to like medicate, you know, anxiety and depression where we know, um, building muscle, um, actually helps, um, to build certain neurotransmitters. Um, we know that, um, you know, uh, that moving your body helps with also neurotransmitter, um, you know, creation. Um, and by the way, like 80% Eighty percent of your serotonin is also created in your gut. It's not created in your brain, and so what I think a lot of people don't realize, I I, I could imagine that sometimes people maybe get stuck in this grief cycle where they're like, "What's wrong with me? Why can't I? Why can't I make this shift?" It, you know. And what I think a lot of my clients don't understand is that there is a physiological reason for the anxiety and the depression. So oh. um, the gut, the lining of the gut is one cell thick and the lining, the, between the blood, the blood brain barrier is the, it's the same cell one. It's the same, it's the same cells essentially. And with, um, with gut health, I know that if you are having, um, symptoms of like anxiety, depression, brain fog, those kinds of things, you more than likely, I would say have a 90% chance, 95%, even I'd I'd be willing to say 99% chance that you're having gut issues and that there's gut permeability, your gut is damaged. Um, and by the way, you know, when your gut is damaged, you know, your um, majority of your melatonin is pre- produced in the gut. Melatonin is not just for sleep. It, it does so many other things. The majority of your serotonin is produced in your, in your gut. Um, The majority, 80% of your immune system is in your gut. Mm-hmm. You need to have a healthy immune system in order to get and stay pregnant. Um, And what ends up happening is that there's this um, there's this kind of feedback loop that happens between the brain and the gut, where um, you are you experience stress. Stress gets dumped into the gut. Um, uh, and, uh, there's like a histamine response and some other like geeky things that happen that essentially re-trigger trauma in your brain without something happening. It's like this Mm -hmm. trauma feedback loop. And so again, more cortisol gets dumped into the gut and, um, And oftentimes when you can fix the, when you can fix the gut issues, you can actually interrupt that, that cycle, that physio, Mm -hmm. it's not even like a mental or emotional, it's a physiological, um, you know, it's a physiological thing in your body. That's creating these symptoms of anxiety and depression. And I think a lot of people will say things like, you know, why, why can't I get over this? What's wrong with me? You know, and there's there's a physiological reason that we can address.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. That's very interesting. We'll have to talk more about that outside of the podcast. We can probably talk. Sounds like very geeky um, for, for quite a while on that. So um I don't know. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience that that you no know, questions that I've asked you? Um something that you that was helpful for you to know as you were um going through kind of your treatments? I wanted to ask you to back up, rewind. You said there were three embryos that you had. So did the first one? take
0: or the second good. or
2: the third or where I, I was like, we, oh, wait, we, I got to go yeah, back. So,
0: so I got pregnant the first time. And oh, this is where I was so grateful that I listened to uh, that. My body good. kind of stopped yeah. me. Right. Because. Yeah had I just like gone ahead, my gut is that I would have probably burned through those embryos. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And now I'm 45 years old and going through IVF egg retrievals at 45 is very different than when I went through it. Like I think 37 or 38, I think that's how old I was. And so I was able to like pump the brakes. I'm working with a client right now and Um, you know, she just did, I think her fourth or fifth IVF retrieval, she spent close to a hundred thousand dollars and she, we don't know this last retrieval. We don't know how many, um, embryos they got, but I think there were two or three from previous rounds and, you know, I was able to like really speak to her and say, I, cause they wanted to like, go like, let's go, let's implant And then I gave her all of the labs and I'm like, Hey, you've got high levels of mercury. You've got high levels of inflammation. Your mineral levels are all off. Like you are, you are going to have an awful postpartum period. Um, even if you can even get pregnant and stay pregnant. Mm -hmm. So I feel so lucky that I was able to, um, take some time to like process my grief to be able to move that through my body in an effective way. And I know that looks different for, for, for everybody. Um, And then I was able to like approach the, 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 the implantation with like, I knew, like, I knew I was going to get pregnant. It was like, not even like, and so I just, I had a knowing that it was going to work because I had done so much of the work, both emotional and physical, right. And those two things kind of meet together. Mm -hmm. And then you have this like life that's created. So, um, we've got two more embryos left and I'm trying to, you know, part of me was like, all right, I think it's six weeks in, I emailed my, my doctor and I said, Hey, I'm ready to go. How long do I have to wait? And she's like, you have to wait a year. I'm like, (laughs) okay. But (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, again, it's that like my gut is always to just like go and push through and yeah. Now I'm starting to like pull back a little bit and you know we're experiencing Noah's four month sleep regression and you know there's some intense things that are happening and as easy and as flowy as my postpartum has been, it's still really hard on your body. You know being yeah. a mom. Um, and so I'm kind of like pumping my brakes a little bit and. Allowing space for the possibility that we wait a little bit longer than I hadn't, you know, I wasn't gonna Mm -hmm. implant on March twelfth, twenty twenty four, you know, which would have been a a year to the date. Um, so I, yeah, I have two more embryos. We're gonna keep implanting until we're out of embryos. So I'm hoping to have three. They're all little boys. Um, and uh, we've already named the second one, and we're, you know, I'm I'm excited for the time when I'm ready and I'm not quite ready yet. But, you know, no. hopefully I again do the work that I did leading up to the, you yeah. know, if the first pregnancy, I'm gonna do the exact same thing for the second pregnancy. Mm-hmm.
2: I love that. I love that to you. And um I don't think this is with everyone that the age is is a problem at all. And I love that. I think women can definitely, you're living proof of that, have successful pregnancies. Um, really, you know, way past 40, for sure. Um, 100%, 100%. Yeah, and so I love that, um, that you that you shared that with us because um, it's just so important. There are times when people talk to me, and this, this was interesting, recently, a guy came and said, you know, this girl that I'm marrying, like, she's, uh, like, I'm dating and I'm thinking about marrying, like, she's 42, but I want to have kids. And I'm like, doesn't matter. <laughs> It doesn't matter, you know. So, um, I think you know, as long as the body's healthy,
0: if the body is healthy, it it really is. It yeah. is, it is miraculous what yeah. if, if you have, uh, if you are metabolically healthy and by yeah. the way, statistics say that only about 10% of the U S population is metabolically healthy. If mm. you are metabolically healthy, you, for the most part, will be able to, you know, to have a baby, um, and like PS, like, can we acknowledge that there's more than one way to have a child in this, in this world? Yeah. <laughs> so like, we don't have, you know, it's not meant for all of us to carry, you know, babies in, right. in our bodies. Um, yeah. I have two friends that have adopted children and it's like yeah. a beautiful relationship. Um, yeah. and so the reality is, is if you want to be a mom, if you want to be a dad, there's so many different ways of, of being able to to do that. And I think that's also where I, I was able to kind of get out of that like stress that stress pattern, which was like, mm-hmm. okay, if mm-hmm. my eggs don't work, we'll get egg donors. If that doesn't work, yeah. I'll adopt. Like I just knew that I was gonna raise a child with my husband, sure. Sure. um, and it's not always about the genetic material, right? We can yeah. we can bring babies into this world in, in so many different ways.
2: Yes, yes, I love that. Um, and the listeners knew because spoke about it many many times I have a granddaughter through a surrogate just for that reason you know um, DNA um, genetically you know we wasn't going to happen for my daughter to carry and um, so surrogate it was and just beautiful just whole story beautiful so we won't go Mm. into that but I want um, because it sounds like we could talk for a long period of time here Mm -hmm. and Um, I would love for you to, um, it just gets too long to talk, talk, talk for the, for the listeners. So um, I would love for you to share how the listeners can get in contact with you. If they would like more information, if they would like to connect with you, how do they do that?
0: Uh, It's super easy. If you go to mayamiller.com, so M-A-J-A-M-I-L-L-E-R.com, you can learn a little bit about kind of who I am and what I do and the the kinds mm-hmm. of people that I help um you will fill out fill out just a quick Quick app like application where I ask you a handful of questions just so that I can be a little bit be better informed when we speak. And then as soon as you fill that application out, you'll schedule um, a Zoom call and we'll hop on and kind of talk about what's going on with you. Um, I'm not a good fit for everybody, but if I'm not, I always let I always let people know. Um and I have a really amazing network of practitioners. So if it's if I know I'm not the right person to be able to help with a specific issue then um then i can refer out so it's really easy to um to get a hold of me
2: awesome and you do all of that i assume virtually or can be done virtually even all of the testing and all of that seems like covid kind of facilitate all of that and that seems to be pretty easy for people now that
0: I have um, clients literally all over the world. I just finished with somebody in um, Japan. And, um, so yeah, I work with clients all over the world. Um, You know, you will do a medical history to figure out what's going on with you because your biography becomes your biology. So all the things that you've experienced in your past live in your body. And so it's very important to kind of understand Mm -hmm. what's going on there. Based off of that medical history, um, I will know what labs I want to run. We'll ship those straight to your house. You'll send them off to the lab. And while we're waiting on results, we kind of work on um, quick wins, some of the low hanging fruit that like you are non-negotiable. Um, no amount of supplementation or diets or whatever will work if you don't do these basic things and then once I get the labs back I usually spend about 15 to 20 hours with them and um, I kind of uh, very quickly start seeing patterns in the body and I know what do we need to address in which order like what order do we need to address it in and yeah most clients work with me for about eight months. Um okay. and at the end of that eight months, um they've kind of reversed the majority of their symptoms and, awesome. um I want to impart uh, to the to your listeners that um you can find a lot of um a lot of solace in taking action towards your goal and your goal is is a hundred percent possible so there's nothing that's impossible. Awesome,
2: awesome. That sounds. It sounds amazing. I mean, really, if you think about it, like however old you are, that you can do a good portion of the repair to that with you in eight
0: months. So the, it's like the body, the wow. body is yeah. The body amazing. Is, yeah. is constantly trying to get into um, <laughs> yeah. a state of of homeostasis. It's constantly yeah. trying to get back to baseline. And if you give the body just a little bit of help, um, mm. you know, it, it goes a long way.
2: Hmm. our bodies are very miraculous. That's for sure. So I love that. So any other words of encouragement, inspiration for someone that is maybe even as you, you know, have had a miscarriage or some grief, or you've already given us so much already, but is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners before we conclude?
0: I mean, for me, um, knowledge is power. And mm. I think that so many times, I know I felt like, why is this happening to me? Mm. You feel out of control, like like you're this like body out in the universe and these different things are kind of like impacting your body. And I found a lot of solace in, um, I know control is an illusion, but I felt like if I could take like active steps, right? If I could take steps towards this goal, um that made me feel like, okay, maybe things are a little hard right now, but I'm like working towards like this, 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 this goal, this final destination. And I think in, in that case, like, don't guess test, like there are, you know, there are things that are happening in your body, like our bodies are meant to reproduce, like literally, right? Like we, we are meant to perpetuate the human race. It's a, it's a biological need for, you know, for reproduction for many people, not all people, but many people. And, um and so if we can like stop guessing and process the grief, and then, and then get the data that we need in order to kind of like eliminate the barriers so that we're not experiencing the same thing over and over and over again. I think that that, to me, that made me feel like, okay, a little bit more in control of what was going on in, in my life.
2: Sure. Good. I love that. I love that. I am um, fully a firm believer in really testing. Um, and different tests than what they do necessarily in the medical field, but just getting to those roots, like we talked about earlier. So my, I so much appreciate you joining me today to share your wealth of knowledge. Um, and I will make sure that all of your contact information, as always, will be in the show notes for the listeners to grab that. Um, if, and see if you're the right fit you know um and and like you said we're all not the right fit for for everyone so the only way to know is to schedule a time and um
0: have a conversation to find out
2: if um you indeed are the right person to Um, work with
0: them thank you so much for your time i really appreciate Mm -hmm. it and i'm sending all your listeners lots of love and healing vibes all
2: right thank you
1: so much for joining me if you liked this episode be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and don't forget to hit that subscribe or follow button so you don't miss an episode check the show notes for any resources mentioned during this episode and i want to invite you to download my free guide at www.livingaftergrief.com forward slash grief hyphen impact hyphen wheel it's called the Grief Impact Leo and it's designed to guide you to begin your grief transformation. Also, remember that you don't move forward or allow your grief work to start until you begin to talk about it. I encourage you to move from that stuck state by talking with someone. Reach out to me or someone that can support you in moving forward. If you'd like to connect with me, you can message me at Living After Grief on social media or email me at Teresa at livingaftergrief.com. I can't wait to be with you again next week, and I'm sending you love and peace, my friends.